You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hello, I'm Teresa McKee, your host for A Mindful Moment. Thank you so much for joining us. There's never been a better time to build your mindfulness skills. Mindfulness not only improves your mental, emotional, and physical well-being, but provides a foundation for remaining calm during stressful challenges and events. Through mindful thoughts and actions, we can do more than just survive life's challenges. We can continue to thrive. The key to becoming more mindful is simply practice. We hope this podcast will provide you with knowledge, inspiration, and motivation. Working together, we can learn and grow from any experience. So, let's get started. I can honestly say that each week I think something like, we've got to be close to the end of this. Things will start getting better now. And each week, I'm wrong. It's like 2020 is the year of weird, and it's time I just let this year go as a big fat learning experience and hope 2021 holds our watershed moment. This last week has been a struggle for me, again. Over the weekend, temperatures here soared, and as I watched the thermometer tick up, I actually felt a little fear when it hit 118 degrees. That's really abnormal, and I had to make myself be mindful and stop looking at the temperature movement. Instead, I stepped outside to see how I felt instead of worrying about a number. A. It was miserably hot, big surprise. But B. The sky was a sickly grayish-orange hue and the sun was a brilliant blood-orange colored ball in the sky. It was eerie, and a sense of dread settled over me. I reminded myself that I've definitely watched too many sci-fi movies over the years, and that there was nothing apocalyptic about my circumstances. Something was clearly going on, so I returned indoors and checked the news. I discovered that California's wildfire season started off early. Naturally, because it's 2020. As of this writing, almost 8,000 fires have burned more than 3 million acres, making this the largest wildfire season recorded in the state's history. And it's only September. Our official fire season doesn't begin until October. There are actually over a dozen other states on fire in the western U.S., all the way up to Alaska. Oregon has completely lost nine towns so far, and we send our sincere wishes and prayers that everyone stays safe. We're not alone. 
Australia lost 46 million acres to fires this year so far, and Brazil has experienced 63,000 fires in the Amazon year-to-date. Even Siberia's vast tundra is on fire right now. There are fires burning all around the world, some naturally occurring, most related to climate change, and others man-made, like the baby gender reveal party here that started a fire that has so far burned about 14,000 acres. I'm miles from the closest fire here, so in no danger at all, but the smoke across the state has changed the sky. Ashes sprinkle down onto the patio furniture and into the kiddie pool and the fish pond. It is another gloomy reminder that we're living in weird times, which makes it challenging to feel positive or motivated, and I have to actually work hard at not falling into fear or despair. Like you, I just want all of this to stop. I'm tired of the shutdown. I'm heartbroken that the virus keeps spreading, harming, or killing people. I'm thoroughly disgusted with the political climate in this country that is wreaking havoc on people's lives. I'm very concerned about what the economic fallout from the pandemic will be. And now, I have to deal with record heat and record-breaking massive fires? I'm sure people in the southeast felt similarly as two hurricanes were heading toward them a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure what the exact emotion is, but the two phrases that pop into mind are simply, come on, and enough already. One of the best actions we can take when the weight of our emotions just becomes too much is to help someone else. Research has found many examples of how doing good not only feels good, but is also good for us. For example, Studies show that volunteering benefits us by boosting well-being and lowering depression. Altruistic behavior has been shown to increase our sense of meaning and purpose. Even spending money on others predicts increases in happiness compared to spending it on ourselves. And neural evidence from fMRI studies suggests a link between generosity and happiness in the brain. Research also suggests that another benefit to our well-being comes from helping others regulate their emotions, which helps us regulate our own emotions, decreasing symptoms of depression. Studies indicate that emotion regulation occurs for both the giver and the receiver, and the two most common ways to help others regulate their emotions are through showing empathy by validating their feelings and helping others think about their situation from a different perspective. A study from Columbia University focused on this acceptance and reappraisal and revealed that when helping others navigate their stressful situations, we are enhancing our own emotion regulation skills and thus benefiting our own emotional well-being. So, do we just need more empathy in order to help us feel better? If we can place ourselves in another situation, walk a mile in their shoes, do we feel better too? Not exactly. Empathy is considered the reflexive and automatic part of our psychology that originates in the emotion centers of the brain. Empathetic feelings, thoughts, and decisions are generated mostly on an unconscious level, which means we're less aware and less intentional about those decisions. Empathy can lead toward the tendency to join in other suffering, particularly those who are close to us, but it's limited When it comes to helping, quote, outsiders who are suffering, our brains typically perceive it as hard work and reject the effort. While our instinct is to support and protect our in-group, we can perceive outsiders as part of an out-group and a threat to our social identity, 
A recent study found that empathy triggered from social connection makes it more likely that we will dehumanize individuals seen as belonging to an outgroup. In its extreme, empathy can fuel aversion to those who are different from us. Empathy basically means getting into another person's head and or heart, understanding how they are thinking or feeling. It doesn't necessarily mean only joining them in pain. For example, walking in another person's shoes can give a person insight into how to beat that person at something, be it a game or a business deal. I had never thought about empathy in this light, and I found the information to be somewhat unsettling. The U.S. has become such a divided nation, and I had previously understood empathy to be something that might bring us together. I have to admit, however, that recognizing what we do on an unconscious level towards those in our outgroup makes sense, and I'm observing it all across my country. So, is empathy good or bad? From a mindfulness perspective, it's neither good nor bad, but all in how we use it. Empathy can lead to compassion. If, as we empathize, we recognize that the other person is suffering, it can move us into compassion, which leads to taking action. Compassion is the joining in other suffering, regardless of their social or personal identity. It is a perspective of common humanity, that in any person's suffering, we are like the other person in that moment. Empathy can feel good at first, but it can also make us feel stuck because we're joining in other suffering but not taking any action to resolve or remedy the issue. This can lead to ruminating on the problem. People prone to empathic responding are also more likely to experience depressive symptoms. Compassion is more constructive. It starts with empathy and then turns outward with an intention to help. With compassion, we make the conscious choice to turn emotion into action. Feeling for another person's suffering through empathy alone is depleting over time. When empathy is triggered in the face of another person's struggles, it can bring an unremitting assault of negative emotions and experiences that, over time, can drain our cognitive resources and take a serious toll on our mental well-being. Compassion is intentional and solution-focused which is actually restorative instead of draining. When we provide that help, we get the added bonus of a dopamine hit. Helping feels good, and we are motivated to do it again in the future. Even better, compassion is not an instinctive, purely emotional response, so it can be learned and developed, just like any other skill. So, while empathy can be a positive emotion in connecting and supporting other people, its most important function may be to lead us to compassion. How do we strengthen our compassion? I'm sure you'll be shocked to hear me share that one of the most important discoveries in the research is that having a regular routine of mindfulness is one of the best paths for increasing compassion. Practicing mindfulness increases our self-awareness. With greater self-awareness, we are more intentional about how we approach an issue and more thoughtful about how we respond to others. Mindfulness supports the deliberate and constructive decision-making that differentiates compassion from empathy. Having genuine compassion for others starts with having compassion for ourselves. If we're overloaded and out of balance, it's impossible to help others find their balance. Self-compassion includes getting quality sleep and taking breaks during the day. 
For many, self-compassion means letting go of obsessive self-criticism. Instead of self-criticism, cultivate positive self-talk. Reframe setbacks as learning experiences. Consider what could be done differently next time. Make a habit of checking your intention before you meet others. With their situation in mind, ask yourself how you can be of support or benefit to this person in this moment. Compassion is a trainable skill, so adopt a daily compassion practice. Our brains have an incredible level of neuroplasticity, which means that the mindset we develop can get stronger and more dominant. There are even apps available that can help us rewire our minds for more compassion in our lives. We can be intentional, unifying, and proactive in creating a more compassionate world. During this time of uncertainty, unrest, and divisiveness, learning and choosing to actively practice compassion is a way forward, an active declaration of what we stand for, and a visible demonstration of who we want to be in the world. Empathy alone is not the answer, but the doorway through which we can achieve more compassion. And don't you agree that's what we really need right now? Perhaps the Dalai Lama summed this up best. He said, If you want others to be happy, practice compassion. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. Let's spend a few moments practicing self-compassion. Get into a comfortable position and close your eyes or lower your gaze. Breathe normally. Bring to mind a situation in life that is challenging and that is causing you stress. Focus on the situation and see if you can actually feel the stress and emotional discomfort in your body. Repeat these phrases. This is a moment of suffering. This is stressful. Suffering is a part of life. I am not alone. Other people feel this way. Everyone struggles in life. This is common humanity. Now place your hands over your heart. Feel the loving warmth of your hands on your chest. Repeat these phrases. May I be kind to myself. May I give myself the compassion that I need. May I learn to accept myself as I am. May I forgive myself. May I be strong. May I be patient. Now check in with yourself and see if you feel differently than when you began. You can practice this meditation anytime you feel negative emotions rising. 
When you practice, you can replace any of the phrases with other words that resonate or feel natural to your experience at the time. Remember that practicing self-compassion supports you in being more compassionate to others. So do this short exercise frequently to build your compassion skills. Life offers too many rich opportunities to just survive it even during challenging times. Our intention is to support you in thriving through a life of purpose and meaning. Until next time, remember to be mindful. Join us next week when we'll be speaking with Jeff Harry, leadership consultant, executive coach, and international speaker on the very serious subject of play. Jeff has worked with major organizations like Microsoft and the NFL, helping their staff to infuse more play into the day-to-day. His playwork has been featured in the New York Times, CNN, and more, plus one of my favorites, Soul Pancake. Jeff believes that we already have many of the answers we seek, and by simply unleashing our inner child, we can find our purpose and, in turn, help to create a better world. Please subscribe to A Mindful Moment with Teresa McKee wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Please rate this podcast so that others can find us. And follow us on social media at work to live A Mindful Moment is written and hosted by Teresa McKee. The Spanish version is translated and recorded by Paola Tile. Intro music, Retreat by Jason Farnham. Outro music, Morning Stroll by Josh Kirsch, Media Right Productions. Meditation music, Dusk by DivKid. This podcast is produced by Work to Live Productions. Thank you for tuning in. <laughs>